This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, this is Annie Grace, author of This Naked Mind, and today I have um, a reader's question from Tammy. Tammy says, I have read your book twice, and I'm now actually reading Alan Carr's book, The Easy Way to Stop Drinking for Women. My question is, why is it that some people are able to stop drinking after they've just read one of these books, and I have not been able to stop? Um, Does this mean that the message isn't getting to my subconscious? Could I be unknowingly putting a mental obstacle in the way? I'm just feeling so defeated because there's so many success stories left and right, and for some reason, I'm still not able to get it. I'm wondering what is it that I'm not doing right? Any help or suggestions you have would be appreciated. I did have seven weeks. Good job, Tani. That's great. And now I'm just starting my 10th week of a Hello Sunday morning, which in which I've had nine weeks minus six drinking days. Thanks again, Tammy. P.S. I tend to binge drink. I don't drink every day, but when I do, I have three to four drinks and then black out. First of all, Tammy, I want to say that... uh, Okay, let's just calculate that for a second. So out of 10 weeks, you had six drinking days. I don't have a calculator in front of me, but that's a massive percentage of alcohol-free days, like a huge percentage. So first of all, I just want you to celebrate for a minute because um, out out of 10 weeks, having only six days where you drank is probably a huge improvement for you, probably in the realm like 80 to 90% improvement for you. And alcohol, for some reason, is the only thing that we think we're failing if we're not 100%. There's nothing else that we do with. Not in our personal lives, not in working out, not in dieting. Like, that's a huge success rate. So first, just take a minute to say, good job. Like, that's that's great. That's amazing. And every single time you have an alcohol-free day and feel happy about it, you are undoing the subconscious conditioning. So first of all, you are doing amazing. And don't don't let, you know, some boy in your head saying, well, it wasn't 100%. Take that away from you because that's going to help in the long run. It's going to help to celebrate and look at these days as if they're gifts and what you want more of instead of a punishment. So first of all, good job for that. That's awesome. Um, Second of all, there's a lot of of reasons that this can be really, really tough. First of all, when you drink heavily for a long, long period of time, not only do you associate emotionally alcohol with all sorts of things, having a good time, going out, um, everything, especially if you're a binge drinker, which means you're probably doing it socially, every single social event has had alcohol involved. So you've come to believe that having fun at social events is equal to alcohol and that without alcohol, social events wouldn't be fun. And so you have to undo that. And that takes time. And it takes obviously experiencing some social events, alcohol free, and like letting this happen. So it takes time. But another thing that happens, not emotionally, but actually physiologically, is that over time, drinking can reduce the amount of dopamine receptors in your brain. And it takes time of sobriety to get that back. And it doesn't have to be continuous sobriety necessarily. It just has to be more time without alcohol in your brain than with alcohol in your brain. And so a few things happen. You can think of it. I like this example by um, Dr. D. Jaffe. He says, it's like, imagine a semi-truck going down a really steep hill and you're applying the brakes, your brain is the semi-truck, it's going down a steep hill and your brain wants to release cortisol, adrenaline, all of these stress hormones that really rev you up and amp you up. And so your brain naturally applies the brakes and says, okay, we're going to maintain homeostasis, we're going to stay in balance, we're not going to release these things. Um, Guess what? Alcohol 
applies those breaks. So alcohol is a depressant and it's going to say no to certain other chemicals in your brain and it's going to basically apply breaks. And so what happens over time is that when you take the alcohol away, that truck goes and, you know, your brain needs to take time to say, oh, no, I have to apply my own breaks. And so six days out of 10 weeks, you are getting there. You are redoing this stuff in your brain. And I would just say to carry on because it is happening. I think you're just being a little bit hard on yourself about how quickly it's happening or how many times, you know, you probably aren't feeling happy those six days or maybe you're blacking out. It's not great. But these things are changing. And the more alcohol-free time you have, the more your brain is learning that it needs to apply its own breaks. It needs to not let adrenaline and cortisol just keep running unchecked. There's another thing that happens here. And basically, if you think of it like this, every time you experience some, something pleasurable from sort of reading a book to you know going out to a movie, having sex, et cetera, you're gonna get like a pleasure uh, boost in your brain, in the pleasure center of your brain. And these things are gonna feel nice. Um, alcohol and any addictive drug stimulates that pleasure center of your brain to hugely high artificial levels. So what happens is your brain produces a counter chemical, it's called dynorphin, and it mutes and turns down the pleasure stimulation. And so what happens over time is that if you're drinking alcohol, dynorphin comes in and dynorphin can be present in your brain even when you're not drinking alcohol, especially in the days after a binge. And so you have this dynorphin and that means normal things aren't quite as pleasurable. So when you have more alcohol-free time, what you're doing is you're really allowing your brain to heal. And so the more days you can get, kind of the better. And um, eventually it is gonna be that your brain does heal and you can really start to just, you know, get back the pleasure that you used to have without drinking, which is just going to be a massive, really powerful thing. Um, I do want to say one other thing, and this is because I just came back from this phenomenal Tony Robbins seminar, and it was uh, amazing. And I kind of, <laughs> I didn't know, it was a reader that recommended it to me. Thank you, Michael. And um, I was like, all right, you know, skeptical as most people are. But there was some things that he shared. First of all, if you have a chance to go see Tony Robbins, Unleash the Power Within, you should do it. 100% because it was really, really cool information that he presented. But one of the things he said is, you know, we all know that we change either based on pleasure, so the desire for something better, or pain. And one of those things has to become too much in order for us to really change. And so um, in terms of uh, pain, a lot of my work is focused on pleasure. So it's focused on making an alcohol-free life really attractive, you know, regaining homeostasis so that you can enjoy all the things you used to enjoy. But sometimes when we're stuck, we do need to look at the other aspect. And looking at the pain is what is called getting leverage. And so there's an exercise you can do that it's not a fun exercise, but it can really show you and give you the leverage you need to make this change and make this shift. And so all you do is simply this, is you look at your life if you don't make this change. And you look at what alcohol is costing you right now in this moment today. You know, your memories, perhaps, maybe your relationships. I know it was costing me my relationships with my kids because I just wasn't remembering stuff. I was saying stupid stuff. They would be embarrassed of me. It was certainly costing me my relationship with my husband because there would be times when he'd be like, huh, maybe we shouldn't drink tonight. And I just snap at him because I was so afraid of letting alcohol go. It, that's such a hold on me. Um, so think about all the things that alcohol is costing you, this little substance in a glass, fermented liquid. What is it costing you right now in this moment? And then think about a year from now and think about the worst case scenario. What could it possibly cost you? 
What if during one of your blackouts, you get in your car and drive drunk? What if you hurt one of your children? What if you get, end up losing your relationship or the most important people in your life? And I know this is horrible to think about, but think about and let yourself feel it. Let yourself be in all the pain of the worst possible situation a year from now. And then fast forward five years and let yourself be in the pain of the worst possible situations. What could alcohol steal from you if you keep going the way you're going? And do that even 10 years in the future. And probably if you Google Tony Robbins, I'll try to find a link and put it in below, but there's probably an exercise that he leads on this um, that you could find a YouTube video on or something. And this process, as painful as it is, can give you the leverage so that in the moments when things are a little bit tough now, you can realize that you're trading this now, this little bit of pain, to not experience this huge amount of pain in the future. And I, again, I love to focus on the positive. I love to focus on like what life gets to be like, the fact that you never have to drink again, the fact that everything opens up and you get to live a truly joyful life. I mean, I traded drunken tipsy giggles for like, real joy, like profound joy, happiness in a lot, you know, areas of my life, my ability to get off multiple antidepressants. And I'd love to focus on the positive, but the reality is if you can't break through a threshold, if you're reading the books and it's just not sinking in, sometimes you need that additional leverage of focusing on the negative. So I'll try to find um, a link to Tony Robbins doing it, or you can just go through that process I outlined for you. And uh, thanks so much for the question, Tammy. It's a great question. And again, well done. I mean, I'm going to calculate the percentage. I'm going to put it in the comments as well when I get off the phone, but it's a huge percentage. Six days out of 10 weeks, that's a massive improvement and you should feel very proud. So this is Annie Grace. Have a great day. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com and please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.